appreciate it. Amen. Get your Bibles, Luke chapter 12, Luke chapter 12, uh, this morning. You know, I look back on growing up, my dad was a pretty good guy. Uh, just, you know, some of the things he said to us, how he taught us how to do some things in life. He taught me and my brother how to work, the value of work. He just didn't give us things and made us go out and get a job. Uh, work, we didn't like it much at first, but uh, uh, it helped us, amen. But when it came to money, he was a different person. Uh, I asked my mom one day, I said, how come my dad's so tight and stingy with money? You know, she gave a few excuses. I don't remember, but uh, but the reality is, how we handle money affects all of life. You know, when people are greedy, it's never enough. You know, Rockefeller uh, was a billionaire back in the Industrial Revolution, and he was asked one day. He says, "How much is enough?" He said, "Just a little more." You know, in our text, uh, Jesus shows us how to handle money. Uh, how, money, how we handle money today affects all of life and eternity. Let's go to our Bible, uh, Luke 12, verse 16. Then he told them a parable, the grounds of a certain rich man yielded abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store my grain. I will say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years, Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your soul will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whosoever stores up things for himself that and is not rich towards God. Father, I'm asking you this morning, God, your wisdom, God, I pray, God, a visitation of your spirit, your power, God, give us dominion in life. Give us revelation, God, with money. God, I pray, help us to be liberal with you, Lamb of God. Your name be glorified. How we handle all of our resources in life. God, your name be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. So I kind of struggled with the title. What should I title the sermon? Sometimes that's the hardest part of the sermon. What am I going to call this? I simply called it life. You can call it whatever you want. Life this morning. So first, let's talk about the mind. Let's talk about the mind. The Bible says all that happens in life starts in the mind. Our text says, as he thought within himself, uh, so shall, or he thought to himself, what shall I do? So thoughts are powerful. Thoughts determine the course of life. Uh, Proverbs 23, as he thinks uh, in his heart, so is he. So the Bible says how we think, the thoughts that we uh, in our heaven, our mind, listen, they begin to uh, set a course in life. You know, we create the world that we live in by our thoughts. As he thinks, so is he. Think how uh, how thoughts, uh, uh, or think how much time we give our, our, ourselves to thoughts every day. I mean, how much time do we sit around and think uh, about things, just about life? Uh, our thoughts uh, uh, take up a lot of life. A lot of our time through the day is given to thoughts. Uh, you know, if I could somehow get into your mind this morning and see what you're thinking, I can tell you what life is going to be for you next week, maybe next month and next year, because the Bible says, as we think, so are we. 
So our mind has a lot to do with how we're going to live life uh, and decisions that we're uh, going to make in life. Chapter 4 of Philippians, Paul gives us some insight into thoughts here, verse 8. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things have good report, think on these things. Paul's telling them, listen, uh, set your mind on good things. Set your mind on right things because what you have in your mind, uh, uh, what you give your mind to today is going to be an action tomorrow uh, uh, and next week is going to be part of your life. And Paul is wanting him to have some dominion and destiny in life uh, and he understands how, uh, how you think determines a lot of that. So he says, set your mind uh, on good things, pure things, honest things uh, uh, because he understands again what we give our minds, our thoughts to really do determine life. Let me ask you, what are your thoughts concerning your marriage this morning? I've had people come, man, I just, our marriage in, and so what are you thinking? What, what, what do you think about your wife? What are your thoughts towards your husband? Uh, because many times if we change our thoughts, uh, our marriage can change, right? What do you think about your ministry, the will of God, the church? Because our thoughts determine a lot of life. Our thoughts just don't stay thoughts. They become words and action. Look at our text. The rich, man, uh, the rich man first, he thought to himself. Then he said, I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my grains. Disturbeth the thought. Uh, what shall I do? Uh, then that thought became an action. This is what I will uh, do. And that's true in all of life. I know we're talking about money this morning. Uh, but listen, it's all true in all of life. I mean, we're in a spiritual battle. Ephesians 6.12 says we struggle against spiritual forces of evil. In our text, this man is in a struggle. He struggled with the decision what to do. So the grounds of a certain rich man yielded abundance harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? There's a struggle here. And no doubt there's the spiritual side of him Listen, trust God, uh, pray, ask God what to do, uh, uh, be a blessing to the kingdom of God. There's the other side of him, because uh, the Bible said he's struggling, so there's the other side of him, uh, the flesh side, the carnal side. Uh, 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 no, I just want to save it, put it up, put it away. Uh, there's a struggle uh, going on, and, and many times there's a struggle going on in our heart uh, when it comes to money, because it's spiritual. You know, the Bible doesn't say this is a bad man. The Bible doesn't say he's a wicked man. He may have been one of them. He may have been a disciple, a follower of Jesus, a church member. Uh, We don't know. uh, But the truth is uh, how we are spiritually, how we are spiritually hot, cold, or lukewarm will speak to us in these moments. said, this is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store my crops uh, because the condition of this spiritual life is what it was. Uh, uh, amen. He said, I'm going to uh, store this up for myself. Because the spiritual life uh, wasn't about the kingdom of God, wasn't about world evangelism, wasn't about uh, uh, you know giving to God. It was about uh, himself. Uh, so uh, he said, I'm going to store up for myself. And listen, uh, uh, it will speak to us that way too. See, when you're carnal-minded, you will tear down the very things meant to be a blessing to your life. 
He said, I will tear down. You know, Judas Iscariot spent over three years with Jesus and the disciples. Uh, but at a moment in his life, this thing began to speak to him. Uh, his heart began to speak to him. We know what happened. You know, Ephesians 6 doesn't only tell us we're in a spiritual battle, but he also Paul also tells us how to be spiritually strong here. Look at verse 13. Put on the four armor, armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Now, if you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of uh, the belt of truth buckled around your waist and the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted. Uh, he's talking about the spirit, the armor of God. Uh, uh, put on, uh, he said, if we put the armor of God on, we, we keep ourselves spiritual, we keep ourselves godly. I uh, mean, when these struggles of life come, we do the right thing. You know, the hundreds and thousands of thoughts that pass our mind daily, we better have a spiritual mind. Because I don't know if you're like me, I'm sure you are, but uh, I battle things through the day. I mean, these thoughts will come. Oh, many of them, I bind you. I'm casting you down. I rebuke you. That's not God. Uh, but some, uh, I say, God, I, I repent. I'm going to get this right. God, I'm going to begin to surrender more. Uh, uh, and these thoughts come to my mind, uh, and I'm going to struggle, and that's biblical. And Paul said, this is why we got to keep ourselves spiritual, keep the armor of God on. Uh, so when these struggles come, we end up doing the right thing. Let me ask you, are you spiritually strong this morning? Do you have the armor of God on? Uh, because listen, uh, this is going to be your story one day. How will it end? When your story's on display, uh, when your story's out in the light, uh, when God opens up your life, my life, this is what you did with what you had. Uh, this is what you did with what I spoke to you, what I put in your hands. Uh, what's our story going to be? Look secondly here. Worldly possessions versus the will of God. Verse 16. And he told in this parable, the grounds of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. You know, I love to see God's people blessed. Look at Genesis 26, 12. Isaac planted crops in that land. In the same year, he reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. And the man became rich and his wealth continued goes on and on. Uh, but this is a picture of God's people being blessed. And I love to see God's people blessed. It's biblical. Uh, when you work hard, you get an increase. I believe there's an amen behind that. Uh, you know, when I was in Africa, they had a, a group of religious people that had, that had taken a vow of poverty. Uh, so they had this uh, uh, structure up over there, and they're trying to win people to Jesus. But e even the public's looking at them, uh, uh, you know, uh, and it just didn't make sense. Because the Bible, uh, amen, doesn't uh, preach that message. In our text, this man has done well. He's worked hard. He's had a good year. His crops reduced more than he ever could imagine. But when he got, he became greedy. When he got, uh, when he got the blessing of God, he was greedy. There was no thought of the kingdom of God in his mind. Uh, you know, we don't have to be rich to think like this, though. When I got saved, I made I made six dollars and twenty six cents or twenty cents an hour, and I thought I was making pretty good money back then. Today, I mean, even kids that mow grass make more than that. But six dollars twenty cents an hour when I got saved, yeah, 
So what I did, I worked a lot of overtime. Uh, I'd work weekends. I'd work uh, 10, 12 hours a day just to get more money because I needed it. You're making six bucks an hour. You don't have a lot. Uh, so I need, I'm making as much as I can. But my passion began to challenge me not to work on Sundays and not to work overtime on Wednesdays so I could be at church. Then he started challenging me to begin to tithe. Uh, that's 10% of my income, tithe. Uh, give, to back, give it back to God uh, uh, and give offerings besides. And my mind, I'm calculating there's no way I can do this. Uh, I'm glad to be saved. I'm glad to be in the house of God. But I couldn't figure this out. Uh, how am I going to uh, not work overtime uh, and start paying my tithes and, and survive? But you know what? I started doing that. I quit working on weekends. I started going to outreach on Saturday, Sunday in church. Uh, I quit uh, working uh, overtime on Saturday, Wednesdays. I, made, I started giving. Uh, and you know what? Uh, we did fine. <laughs> I, I made our bills were paid. Matter of fact, I be, God began to bless me. God began to help me. Begin to get some more income raises and different things. Where, uh, but listen, God's involved. But I'm telling you what my pastor told me that the thoughts were that were raised. You know, so once I come to reality, you know, he don't need the hundred bucks a week. You know, and once I realized this is the demonic assault against my mind, I'm going to believe God. Uh, I'm going to step out and begin to tithe and give my offerings. I'm going to be obedient to God and come to church. I'm telling you, I begin to see God move in a powerful way. You know, Satan will use fear to trap you and to lie to you. You know, read, read our text here. Maybe this guy grew up poor, and now he's made it. He's got a good job, money in the bank, all, all the resources he needs. That may have been his background. Because I grew up poor, I'm going to keep everything I got, uh, and the devil begin to put fear in him. The devil begin to lie to him. You can't trust God. You can't give to God. You better keep all that you have. How many of the devil will lie to you? He'll put fear in you when it comes to doing what's right, uh, whether it's money or anything in the Word of God. He'll put fear in you. You know, if you're going to live for God, though, faith is required. I begin to notice as a convert, faith is greater than fear. When fear came, when I stood in faith, uh, faith was always greater than fear. Every time I stood on the Word of God and in faith, I won. Uh, I won. I advanced in the kingdom of God because faith is bigger than fear. Hebrews uh, says the just shall live by faith. The justified, those that are saved, shall live by faith. Uh, in other words, uh, when we're challenged by the Word of God and fears tries to get in our head, uh, we're, to stand, we're, we're to stand in faith. We're to speak faith. We're to act in faith. That's what it means. The just shall live by faith. Amen. So when the devil comes up with all this fear and all these lies, uh, we need to stand and say, no. That's what God says. I'm going to stand on what God says. We're going to obey the word of God. And the Bible says the just and the justified to say, live like that. Christians aren't supposed to live in fear. We're not supposed to believe the lies of hell uh, and be disobedient, but we're supposed to be uh, faith people believe in God. It's when you act in faith you see God. John 21. Uh, amen. They have been fishing all night, caught nothing. Verse 6. Uh, Jesus said, throw your net on the right side of the boat uh, and you'll find some. When they did this, they were able to haul the, uh, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. This is what I seen when I was uh, 
uh, 20 years old, new convert, six bucks an hour. Uh, when I began to obey God, it didn't make sense. I threw the, the net in anyway. Uh, uh, and faith just started beginning to believe God, me and my wife. And, uh, and I'm telling you what, we begin to see the, the large hall that God was talking about, uh, the grace of God, the blessing of God, simply because we trusted Him. You know, faith connects you to the power of God. And when you obey, uh, the nets become full. Can you say amen? You know, when you act in faith, you get God involved. God's involved in faith. You can go all through from Genesis all the way. Uh, go to uh, Genesis 12. God speaks to Abraham about leaving his country, leaving the father's house, going venturing out. And the Bible said he went out and slept in tents for a long time. His whole family, all that he had, uh, uh, he's trusting God along the way. He doesn't have the best house, I'm sure. He, he'd love to have a nice block house at the back in the, but he's, but he's believing God and it turned out okay for him. You know, uh, Hebrews 11, 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now think about that statement. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because a lot of our salvation involves faith. And listen, and, and tithing and giving offerings, just a small portion of that. And I begin to understand as a new convert, if I can't tithe, uh, how am I going to believe God for everything else? If I can't give up 10% of my money, uh, what God lays claim on a tithe, uh, how am I going to believe God for my wife, my children, uh, and all these other issues in life, if I can't believe God with a little thing? You know, money is really a little thing compared to other things. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. When I started uh, just trusting God, I began to see God involved. In, and I've been doing this for a long time now, and I've seen God do numbers of things. Uh, when God spoke to me to go to Africa uh, to be a missionary, and I believe I had the faith to do it then because of the decision I made when I was a new convert to tithe. I made a decision to tithe as a new convert uh, Years later, I got some faith build up. Now God speaks to me and my wife uh, to go to Zambia, Africa. We're able to do that. And I believe because now we have some faith that God can move through. In our text here, just think if this man would have said, God, whatever you want. God, I have the extra. I've had a great year. I've got extra men. I've got I've got enough to fill all these extra barns up. What would you like me to do with it? Think how many churches could have been planted. Think how many uh, 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 missionaries could have been blessed uh, and what that money could have been used for, how God could have used it to touch nations of the world. Uh, he could have said yes. He could have said, God, take it. It's yours anyway. Thank you for giving me the good year you've given me. Uh, God, I want to be a blessing to the kingdom. He could have done that. And we can do that. Luke 12, 15, Jesus said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. See, there's times in life we have to, uh, God begins, you know, and tithing is a good way to start. Uh, when you get that paycheck, put God first. I'm telling you, if you can learn to put God first. Uh, when I was a new convert, me and my wife would sit down at the table. The bills were there. Uh, our check was there. We said, we're giving our tithe first. And it didn't make sense. We gave our tithe. It, didn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't adding up. 
But it's interesting, we pay tithe, uh, and everything was paid. All the needs were met. Uh, everything was taken care of. Uh, and to this day, I can't figure it all out, but that's how God works. I mean, we give, we put God first, uh, and listen, the rest really is taken care of. Again, when you act in faith, you get God involved. Let me ask you, do you want God involved in your life? You know, God watches to see what we do. You know, imagine, this would have been intimidating. Imagine you're in church, just normal church. Jesus is sitting right here. Just use your imagination. He's sitting right here, big chair right here, Jesus here. Uh, the offering, but the baskets are put right here. And and now you're coming up giving your offering. you got to come out of your seat, come up here and put an offering in. And Jesus is watching this what we put in. be a little intimidating, huh? Say, honey, this is the day to put in a little extra. Jesus is watching. And the Bible says Jesus is there watching that day, all the rich, all the wealth, they're coming in. Just, they're putting in money just because they have it. Jesus isn't really impressed with that. Uh, but if you read the story, the, there's a little lady that come up, a widow, uh, had very little. She come and gives all she got. Jesus stopped the whole thing because the faith that was used. It wasn't the amount of money, it's the faith. She's able to give all that she had. Uh, and with a smile on her face, Jesus stopped the whole service uh, and said, look, we have an altar call now because what she just did uh, was amazing. First Kings 17, uh, with the story of another widow, uh, Elijah challenges her to give what she has, uh, which is a little bit of oil, a little bit of flour. Uh, by her own words, me and my son are going to eat this and we're going to die. But the challenge is, uh, well, bake something for me first, uh, and then God will bless you. And in her mind, uh, the natural mind doesn't make any sense. Uh, if I tithe, I give, uh, I won't have enough of the rest. But we know she does it. She does this and gives. Uh, and the Bible says in verse 15, she went away. Uh, she went away and did what Elijah told her. There was food every day for Elijah, for the woman, and for her family. For the jar of flour was not used up. The jar of oil did not run dry. It came into the word of the Lord that God spoke to Elijah. Listen, when we obey God, we see the miracles. Every time I see people, uh, I say we never struggle in life. Don't take this wrong. But when I see people struggling for a long length of time, uh, uh, I get, uh, first thing I'll ask them, are you tithing? Are you giving offerings because it's spiritual? And me giving them a 20, me giving them a 100, helping them at that point, is not going to help them. But getting them to tithe and give offerings uh, is going to help them because it's spiritual. Listen, if you will give to God, God will help you in everything else. But if you won't give, that 20 or 50 that you want is going to help you. It may help you buy a meal today, but it's not going to help you tomorrow. Let me close with the thought. Life is too short, so let's live it right. Look at our text. And God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get that what you prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whosoever stores up things for himself as not rich towards God. Think about that. This man stored all this up, eat, drink, be merry, speaks to himself, kick back, time to enjoy life. People do that all the time today. You know, Jesus gives us some wisdom here. How to live life and, and how life and, and how what we do now affects eternity. 
This man has lived life selfishly, storing up for himself, no thought of the kingdom of God, uh, 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 and it's bad news. Jesus gives us warning, or Jesus gives warning to all those that will live like this man. So death comes unexpectedly, and you can't take any of it with you. This man uh, lived selfishly. All I mean, uh, he had to give. I'm keeping it. It's mine. Uh, matter of fact, he's went. To, his greed went to the level. I'm tearing down these bars, building that bigger bar, and you're not getting none of it. I'm keeping it all. But the Bible said, Jesus said, you've lived foolishly because tonight I've demanded your life. You know, the truth is when somebody's right with God, they want to give. Look at Luke 19, verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and wealthy and wealthy. He wanted to see Jesus, uh, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowds. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him. Since Jesus was coming that way, verse 5. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And verse dropped down to verse 8. Uh, Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Lord, uh, uh, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. If I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to the house, because this man is a son of Abraham. 2, verse 10, for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. Let me kind of give you the picture here today. Uh, Here this man gets saved. Uh, Here's the word of God. Jesus calls him to get saved. Jesus at his house. Uh, And this is the heart of a person that's right with God. Uh, Jesus is the present. Hey, stand up, Lord. Uh, listen, uh, I've been a rip off all my life. I'm going to be a blesser now. I'm going to give, and if I've cheated people, and he did, we had, right? Uh, and he's going to begin to restore and give back. That's the heart of a believer there. And like Zacchaeus, when I got saved, my wallet got saved. I remember, uh, you know, I, I, me and my wife began to think all the money we gave to the clubs, the bars, alcohol, and cigarettes and chewing back and all that kind of stuff before we say that we can give that to God now and like I say when I got saved my wallet got saved we begin to cheerfully give uh, it wasn't much uh, 10% on six bucks an hour wasn't a whole lot uh, it was a whole lot for us and we love giving it we're cheerful uh, uh, givers and but that's the heart of a Christian you know don't let money make you miss God Think about our text here. He had it all. God had blessed him. But money turned his heart away from God. In all of his riches, there's no thought about God. Think about that. God had blessed him. He had become richer than he ever imagined. uh, But there's no thought about God. How many times that happened today? It happens in church, sad to say. God blesses. God increases. God multiplies. uh, But there's no thought about God in it. Luke 6, 19. Jesus gives us some wisdom here concerning life and money. Do not store for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, and thieves break through and steal. But store for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy. Thieves do not break through and steal, for where your treasure is, your heart will be there 
Uh, so first, Jesus gives us a picture of the best investment. I'm not saying you can't have investments here. I'm not saying don't save, don't buy stuff. I'm not saying that. But uh, what I am saying, listen, uh, we need to invest in the kingdom of God as well. Amen. We need to make investments uh, in the kingdom of God. Jesus said, whatever you invest in him, uh, every tithe, every offering stored in heaven with your name on it. Uh, and Jesus said, listen, it's not going to be rusted away. It's not going to be taken away. It's not going to be uh, uh, stolen. Your investment is safe. How many times, I mean, if you remember back the uh, the stock market crash, people were jumping off buildings committing suicide because in a moment they lost everything they've, they've stored up. They've lost everything in a moment's time. Uh, uh, listen, that won't happen in the kingdom of God. Think about this man in our text. I'm getting ready to close. Think about this man. Had it all. Maybe started with nothing. Had it all now. But money had turned his heart away from God. And I'm sure during this process of time, God dealt his heart many times. He knew to tithe. He knew to, to give and do right. Uh, but how many times did he tell God no? How many times? I remember the thoughts I told you earlier. Uh, struggled. Uh, the Spirit of God speaking to him. Uh, devil's lying to him. These thoughts. He's wrestling. Uh, and uh, he has to make right decisions. He didn't. It all starts in the mind, doesn't it? He thought within himself, what shall I do? Maybe you're here this morning and God's dealing with you about tithing. The thought is there. You know it's right. The devil's there lying, right? Can't afford it. Can't do it. If you do, you're going to drown. You're going to, you're going to, you know how he does. You have to make a decision. This land let money and possessions destroy his eternity. He had a good life here, but it cost him eternity. Listen, there ain't enough money to be made here that's worth heaven. Uh, there ain't enough money. I mean, you you know, uh, I mean, all the gold, the silver, the things, the world uh, right here or heaven here, I'm taking heaven. Listen, it doesn't compare. Uh, and this life is so short. People, I want to live a good life. I'm going to get all I can. Listen, uh, heaven or hell is eternity. I mean, you're talking hundreds and thousands, millions of years uh, versus what's the average life here, 80? You know, live 80 good years to rob and cheat God, uh, and, and you're going to forfeit millions of years in eternity with the Lord? Not me. Life is short. James says it's like a vapor. You know, we read names in the Bible. It's like a vapor. You, you read Abraham, David. Uh, I mean, it just it, I mean, time, they were here for a second and they're gone. Listen, one day we're going to be in history like that. If God tells people to read our names, you'll be, yeah, I remember them. Yeah, it's like a, it's going to be like a vapor. One day we're here, next day we're gone. Uh, listen, don't cheat yourself. Don't rob yourself uh, from eternity, from a, a good life here. God involved in your life. Use your faith, believe God, and see what God is doing in your life. Let's bow our heads this morning.